Hey there, friend. Ready yourself for a dynamic dialogue with Jason Howard and Bruce Colbert. Blessed are the amateurs. And some other fresh, hot take themes. Questing for the fingerprints of God. We'll explore that, how we can then mix our fingerprints with his. That's where the gold is. Playful risk-taking in faith, asking, seeking, and knocking as Jesus told us to do. Approaching doors of opportunity to agitate for change. And there's more. There's always more. This is episode 300, and we are going to have a 300 celebration episode, but it'll be around 310 or 315, and we'll look over highlights uh, from recent episodes and hear from listeners. I'm Brian Del Turco. You know the edge here. Jesus Christ is alive, he's king, and he's brilliant for all of life. And you can develop as an intimate friend and co-agent in his kingdom. Check out the show notes page at jesusmart.com slash 300 for all the links and ways to explore further. The page will be up within six hours of the show first going live. Jason and Bruce are trusted, tenured kingdom friends that bring a lot of synergy into my life. I'm excited for you to listen in on the type of dialogue that happens when we get together. You know, one timely idea from the Father can move the needle for you and advance you in your life journey. All right, friends. Hey, welcome to the podcast today. I'm really uh, inspired today to have with us again, Jason Howard and Bruce Colbert, trusted kingdom friends that were really have been cultivating some uh, friendship tenure. Can we put it that way? Over the last several years. Hey, how important is it to have kingdom friends, guys, that just keep on going on and you have a chance to grow and build something with them over some time? Pretty important, isn't it, Jason? No. Uh, if you want to stay sane, <laughs> if, if you don't want to lose your marbles, I think you gotta, you gotta have that. There's that part of it, the sanity. And Bruce, do you think that good kingdom friendship really catalyzes us into new levels and gives us a better opportunity to reach more potential? It's, it's an essential, especially for men, you know, men, men will grow in a way that they will not grow in any other way, only mm. in the presence of other men, um, you know, that's on my heart. So it's, it's an essential iron sharpens iron. That's not just a cliche. That's, that's the truth. Sure. Bruce has pastored. He's a uh, executive director of a nonprofit here that works with the, uh, with marginalized individuals, helps them with churches to uh, bring assets to them. Uh, he's an emerging content creator. He's got a couple books in the works. Uh, Jason is a entrepreneur. I think uh, that would be the first thing to say about Jason He's into new media, marketing, and um, I appreciate these guys. I, I heard one famous minister from the past say that, you know, if you have a few trusted friends over the course of your lifetime, you're privileged. You know, I appreciate these guys. They were on a roundtable with us before. We're calling this Flaming uh, Hot Takes Roundtable. I'm hoping as the Lord leads that once in a while we can um, surface this roundtable. I love it. Yeah, I, I love, love it, man. That. Jason's in South Carolina. Hey, yeah, South Carolina. Right now it's uh, 70 degrees. I'm looking out our new backyard we were fortunate enough um and with a lot of help from the lord able to build a little house out here in la la land and so it's nice and quiet you can't hear the cars but the sun is shining and uh, the clouds are popping out and it's just beautiful and god's just showing off this morning with his artistry wow tremendous i'm looking at my temperature here on my screen it's 36 outside in northern ohio my goodness so you got about a 35 degree there jump on us there We're happy for you, Jason. (laughs) And um, Bruce and I are in northern Ohio. And uh, yeah, we appreciate this opportunity. So 
guys, what's on, what's top of mind? What's top of spirit with you at this season? Maybe Jason, we could, um, you could get us off the springboard and we'll get into a flow state here. So mm-hmm. go Jason. Uh, well, I tell you what, with the, the move down here um, to South Carolina, uh, we've had to retool and rethink and uh, work on getting our footing. And so we're in a season of just reestablishing ourselves and figuring out what season are we in. Um, we spent so much time in Ohio that um, – that it's easy to get comfortable with what you've done in the past. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not saying that other people wrestle with this, but me personally uh, pulled out of my, uh, my comforts. And then, and, and and I'm not suggesting this for just anybody to do. This is one of the the biggest challenges of our life is reestablishing ourselves in a whole new land where we didn't really know anybody. And so we're in a season of just retooling and uh, not just for ourselves, but for our kids. Um, and I'm in a new season of now that we're settled into our, our new home, like trying to figure out entrepreneurially what that looks like, uh, creatively, what that, what does that look like? So I'm just, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a, a new place that I haven't been in a long time. Um, it's been catalytic for you, I'm sure, huh? It's been stimulated, new edges, new horizons, new growth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And again, being outside of the, the comfort zone, it it forces you closer to dad. You know, <laughs> like you can't you don't want to live by yourself in a new land away from him. So you've got to gravitate to him, whether your flesh is kicking or not. Like you want to hang out with your heavenly dad. <laughs> because you, if you don't, you can make a wrong move and be on your own real quick. And, and you, you can get hurt financially. You can get hurt physically. You know, we got kids running around and driving and like we, you, you just don't want to be out. out un, you want to be underneath the umbrella of the father. Yeah. You know, I heard one source say that every believer has a landedness, Bruce, and it, it certainly includes the geographic, but I think it also includes maybe who you're associating with in the kingdom or the work that you're doing, or maybe the kingdom initiatives that the Lord is wanting to happen. What do you think about that concept of a landedness? Yeah, just it, to me, it speaks to personal agency. You know, you know, what kind of land are you going to own? How are you going to oversee that land? Um, And again, not, as you say, not just in a a geographical sense, we certainly should do that, but Um, maybe even the biblical concept of your house, not, not just your physical house, but, you know, how does your house run? Uh, what do mm-hmm. things look like under, under your agency, under your rulership? Mm-hmm. And then, of, of, of course, for us, then how does that reflect the, the father's heart? You know, do, does our little mini uh, agency things that we have agency over, does that reflect the father's heart? The, the kingdom of God, you know, does it look, does it look good? Or are, are you the, are you the guy that uh, this challenges me all the time? You know, the proverb that talks about, you know, you go by the house and you see things overgrown and, and out of order. You know, is that, is that you or not? <laughs> yeah. Stewardship, you know, you know, there's a new Testament word for 
house oikos, which kind of carries that meaning of a household or a stewardship that we administrate. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Abraham, you know, God told Abraham to go out and walk the land. And even before he fully inherited it, he was to walk it and sort of establish the perimeters of it in his spirit or in his inner man, the inner capacity of the kingdom agency, if you will, to own that land eventually, to possess whatever that it is, um, geographic or otherwise. Well, and you think like when you want to purchase a piece of land and we just got done doing all of this, um, it's, it's kind of a big to do, right? Like, uh, you gotta, at least here in the state of South Carolina, you have to get an attorney and you have to pull an attorney into it and play a little bit of arbitrage for you and make sure that all the documents are filled. So you're literally tying yourself to this piece of property and anybody that wants to come into this area, they can look up and see the rightful owners of this property. So they have your, it's all out there. You know, all your information is out there because it belongs to you. And this attorney has helped you do this. So you sign your life away and you sign for this note that shows that you're paying on the land, but the land you know, it belongs to you. And so it's, it's spiritual, you know, like it's physical land, but it's also spiritual at the same time. And I mean, how cool is that? That's, that's I mean, I, this is probably offensive and scandalous to some maybe, but you know, the Bible says that the wicked will be uprooted from the earth, but the righteous will dwell in it. And ultimately we know we're moving towards the new heavens and the new earth in which that will fully fully materialize. But even now, living in a foretaste of that, you know, um, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and those who dwell therein, you know. And I don't know, if God calls God's people to own something, they're going to have to walk through the fight for it. But it is a call to own it, to have ownership. I, I totally agree with that. I totally. And it gives me goosebumps because I'll be honest with you guys, like, this was a battle for our family. There were several times I looked at my wife and I said, honey, I, I don't know if we're going to get this house. And she was like, what are you talking about? I mean, we had to like overcome some crazy stuff. Mm. When we bought a house in Ohio, it was easy peasy. It was the easiest thing I'd ever done. I remember thinking, um, is this, I mean, this makes me want to own a bunch of homes down here. I, we, I kid you not like, Three different distinct times I thought, this isn't going to happen. We're not going to get this home. So we had to fight. We had to prove documentation. We had to talk to people. We had to get other documents signed. Like it was a paper trail battle. It was a relational battle. And, and, and the market that we're living in right now, it's it's brutal. It's hard. The rates are high, right? Uh, there are things that are overpriced. Uh, payments are going up like crazy. Yeah, they are. Everything is a battle right now. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I can attest to that. That is a true statement, Brian. <laughs> it was. A I'd battle. be interested to hear, Jason, if you if you think any of that was the root of that was spiritual, the, the mm-hmm. battle. I in Europe. I do. I do. Like I, I know that the Lord made it very clear that we were supposed to come down here. 
And he has moved on our behalf, guys, in crazy, supernatural ways. Someone that doesn't know him could look at it and go, oh, that's just coincidence. But eventually someone that doesn't know him would have to go, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Like, we're not talking one or two or three. We're talking 20-something things that would require a, 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 a we would just have to be really good luck people. And that's that's not the case. There's supernatural fingerprints all over the, the place here. In my lowest moments, it's drawn me close to him because it is a spiritual battle. Everything like a battle right now. If you want to own, uh, own a home, you're going to have to fight for it. You need a car, it, you know, you're going to have to fight for it. Like, oh, uh, you want a new job? You're going to fight for it. Like, you want to start a new business? You're going to fight. Like everything is a battle, but the cool part in it is like, if I could line them up and I'd put you to sleep, if I told you, but I I kid you not, there's gotta be 20 something scenarios where he stepped in and he totally took over and he did what we could not do. And he promised us, and then he backed it up. And there was times where I grew up without a father. So my daddy issues started coming out. I was like, oh, he's going to bounce on me. He's going to bounce just like my natural dad did. Oh, no. And several times he's whispered into my heart and said, I'm a good dad. I don't go anywhere. And when I tell you something, I mean it. And he spoke that. God doesn't speak to me all the time. Like, I wish. I would love to hear his audible voice all the time. Uh, and maybe not. Maybe, maybe it would freak me out. But he has definitely spoken my heart in those moments and reminded me, no. Even at 45, he's still teaching me what a good dad is. Oh, yeah. But I would say, Bruce, yes, without a doubt. It, everything has been a battle for the Howards. Every single thing. <laughs> Yeah, Bruce, do you think that um, like this concept of landedness, geographic, real estate, but also maybe taking territory in business or in a ministry assignment, on and on, um, that there is a, I mean, we're swimming in resistance. You know, we live in a fallen, busted, disgusted scenario. Jason, you've touched on like with real estate. I mean, it's just naturally, mathematically tougher right now with interest rates and the market and demand and supply and all of that. But do you think that for kingdom people that God is journeying, maybe it goes to a heightened level that he teaches us how to overcome. Maybe he's building something in us fortitude as we go through the process of next leveling or next spacing into something so that when we get there, we're different people. What do you think, Bruce? Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's no question that there's a character development in us. But but even beyond us, there is a element to which the Lord wants us to see parts of his character that we've not yet seen or showed up in his life. I was reading recently in, in the book of Matthew, um, Matthew 14, where, you know, the disciples the disciples were told to feed the crowd and they came to Jesus and they said, look, we all, we have literally says these words, we have only this much bread, right? And this much, that's all we, we only have that. And Jesus answer to that was bring them here to me. So, you know, there's, there's a question then I think one of the things that God is teaching me is, you know, limitations are everywhere. You know, we can look at the limitations and say, well, interest rates and this and 
and I can't and culture and, uh, you know, we have, we have only this, you know, oh, oh God, I'm so limited. And Jesus answer to that is bring it to me and watch what I can do with it. Um, so are we going to make the limitation, the excuse, or are we going to make the limitation, the opportunity for God to work in a way that we have not yet seen that, that will, that will teach us who he is, but also to those who watch and say, how, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Jesus, that's how it happened. I yeah. Mean, prior, prior to that, they had no category for multiplying food, did they? <laughs> um, right. You know, their, their category was a year's wages at Walmart couldn't supply food for this crowd, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, they yeah. were a bunch of amateurs. They were amateurs. <laughs> they were amateurs, and that's the beauty of it, you know. And they went through two experiences like that of Jesus multiplying food, and then even later when they were in a boat, they were discussing. He's saying this because we haven't had lunch. He was saying something about bread, and he goes, "How do you not know? Did you not see what I what we what happened with this multiplication of food? Why are you talking about lunch right now? I'm talking about mm-hmm. something else, but." Um, you know, before we get to this amateur thing, because I think this is really good, but there's a concept with the APES people called liminality. When you talk about limits, Bruce, you know, limits are everywhere. They actually frame the edge of liminality, they call it kind of a creative word, right? As an opportunity for God to show up for us to grow up, you know, in a way that we've yet experienced mm-hmm. as as individuals and they talk about liminality in the community of faith the church that a company of believers will run up against liminality mm-hmm. and that's a positive experience absolutely i mean especially for men i believe that you know men men only grow when when they are pushed out to the edge of of where they can't you know mm-hmm. um uh, I don't think it's as true as much for women, but for men, we, we need that challenge. We need to, we need to find our limits out to the edge, um, out to the edge in order both for us to grow right to us for, for us to expand that border a little bit, sure. but also, also to see God show up in those limits for sure. Oh man, it's beautiful. Um, I mean, you work with men and you talk about this, don't you, that men are to penetrate men are to get out on the edge. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're, we are designed to penetrate into new territories. Um, and it, you know, it, it's the kind of thing that can be taken in the wrong way, uh, you know, to dominate, but we're to penetrate in love into new territories and, and to, to make those territories fruitful, uh, flourishing, uh, flourishing, uh, productive. So, you know, the outline kind of goes, you know, you penetrate, you plant, you produce. Mm. So the result of, of you go, fruitfulness, and then you're also providing mm. uh, for that, that area. It's not something that you take over for, <clears throat> for your sake, but for the sake of that area. And then, and then protect also, you know, we're called to protect that area. If you're going to take that area under your wing, you, you need to protect it. You need to be its guarantor. Um, it's so important. This is all primal and archetypical and early Genesis, isn't it? They were to expand the garden throughout a chaotic earth and guard it, cultivate it, keep it. 
Hey guys, you know what? There's something interesting about early Genesis. Not only were they to keep Shamar, guard the garden from the evil one, but in Genesis 4, God deals with Cain and they are to keep their brother. Hmm. Cain says, am I my brother's keeper? And so there's like two dimensions or two axes to that. We, we guard and we keep the assignment and the territory and the garden that God has called us to. But we also have to run with brothers and guard and keep them in their spheres, in their assignments. It's not just, you know, we got a lot of solo individual, you know, stuff going on in the kingdom. Yeah, today, yeah. But yeah. We're hard this way. Then we, what happens when we're not functioning like this? Bad things happen. Good men go into bad places, right? Mentally, spiritually, emotionally, you know, they throw themselves under their jobs and they idolize their job, right? Because they find value there because people need them and they feel productive, right? Or like, so I, I think of the guys that I love that have wrestled or even fallen wayside because they didn't know these things. So this conversation is healthy. Um, I, I think for anybody, whether it's a guy that's listening to this or it's a wifey that's listening to this, your husband needs these things. And if he's not getting these things, um, he will go exploring in places where he ought not to be. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah, Wives, pray it, pray, pray it in for your husbands and kind of encourage them. To pursue those yeah. edges, yeah. And when you see him going after it, you cheer him on. Cheer yeah. him on. Give space like, for it, yeah. There's Cut. been times, and I and I know my wife would be okay with this, uh, me sharing this, but there's there's times where the fighter in me and the protector in me comes out, right? And I'm not talking like road rage, but I'm talking about injustices done to our kids. And I would never be that parent that would, you know, come off the soccer line and start throwing haymakers on somebody. <laughs> uh, that's not who I am. But there are injustices that come. And that warrior, Bruce, that you were talking about, it comes out of me, the justice guy. And I'm like, whoa, hang on a second. Right. Like, no, this this isn't right. That kid doesn't need to do that. Uh, for example, we our son had some friends come over. And again, we're in a new season. We're reestablishing ourselves. We're trying to get, you know, we're finding out who our friends are, who our real friends are. We're plucking out the fakes and the phonies and right. Like we're just trying to reestablish who are our people while we're down here. So he invited a bunch of friends over. Well, I was in another room and I was working on a project and I overheard these new guys that he was hanging out with. And I tell you, I you know, this is a Jesus loving uh, podcast. I I cannot tell you what they were saying. They were saying some horrible stuff, and I had to go to. I, I it took everything inside me to not go in there. I I thought I was going to go to prison. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to beat up a bunch of high school dudes uh, because they were just so filthy. But um, I, I after they all left, I sat down with my son and I said, uh, Bud, why are you? So what about these guys made you want to hang out with them? What what was this all about? Like, who are these guys? They sound like not good guys. They don't sound like people that we need to be hanging out with. So it became a great learning lesson. But I tell you what, the 
the protector in me, yeah. the fire, the mentor in me started coming out and I saw my son going down the wrong path. And, and I'm not perfect by any means, but I think that if I wasn't uh, wrestling with these things that you're talking about, Bruce, and trying my hardest to lay down before the Lord, uh, the, the ability to be a good dad, I may have missed a moment. My son could be caught up with a bunch of punk kids right now, but instead I put my foot down and there's times where we're very lenient parents and, and we're very open-handed with our kids, but there's times where I'll grab the reins and I'll pull strong. And so I pulled strong on this one and I haven't seen those kids want to come around. And I told my son, I said, Hey, there was one buddy that he was hanging out with. And I said, if he wants to come back, he needs to come see me. And we need to have man to man talk. And he needs to apologize to my face with what he was saying in my home. He's not been back and he's a scared little boy, right? That's, that's that the, I believe that's the Lord on the inside of me, not just mentoring my son, but also mentoring a kid that is fatherless in, in my son's life, right? But if I'm not, if I'm not being fully present in the moment and I'm caught up in all my work, yeah, I could miss a moment to be like what you were saying, Bruce, to, to be that warrior. And the warrior looks different now than it did 500 years ago, you know? It's that, it's that early Genesis thing of Shamar guarding, not only cultivating the garden but guarding it yeah i was just gonna say it reminds me of something that tony evans says that that has been on my heart and continues to convict me he says as a man you know it may not be your fault but it is your responsibility Mm. right so you know jason didn't 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 know that that kid was going to bring that into his home. You know, he didn't know that. So it wasn't really Jason's fault that that kid showed up, but it did become his responsibility. Right. So he, you, you are, it's easy to pass the blame and say, well, I didn't, or I, you know, I didn't. And, and, and to kind of abdicate, you know, well, I'm not that kid's parent. And, you know, there's all kinds of things you could have done in that situation, Jason, but I think you took the, the biblical root of saying, you know what, um, that wasn't my fault, but I'm going to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Uh, right. So that's, it's yeah. so important. It's like a Venn diagram. It, it interfaced with your domain or your way cost that household concept in the new Testament where, where it involves your child, you know, and it happened in your home. And so now you, 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 you do own it. There's mm. a concept that came from a secular source and it's, it's early for me and I'm, wrestling with it, but it's called masculine constraint. And this is going to sound wild, but this is a woman saying this, but she says that, and this is a secular woman saying this, that women in relationships flourish under the loving masculine constraints of her husband, the borders and the um, guarding of her and allowing her true femininity, femininity, am I pronouncing that right? To flourish yeah. because she is being guarded, protected, even lovingly led. And of course, the biblical thing is that the husband dies for the wife and lays down his life. That's the extent of the love, 
that's mm. the standard. Ephesians that's 5. so good. It's true. I literally just saw, <laughs> and you guys know me, I'm always playing on social media. I'm in TikTok land. I create content. Like this is my world, right? I'm in it all the time. So I'm flipping through TikTok and this post came up of this lady. She's filming her, her husband and he's just a stud, right? Um, I don't know why he had a shirt off. He, he wasn't posing or he was in dad mode. He didn't even know she was filming. He had a shirt off. He came home from work. He looked dirty and he was bending down and he was comforting his little boy and he was rubbing his back and his little boy, something was going wrong. Right. And his little boy had this look on his face and he was all jacked up and worried or concerned about something. And the dad, and he was a stud and he built, you know, he's got these big hands and you just see his big hand rubbing this little guy's back and he's comforting his son. And the title on her TikTok said, <clears throat> when you've talked about not having uh, any more kids, but then he does this dot, dot, dot. Right. Oh, wow. Like she was so attracted was to this moment. To what you guys yeah. are talking about. She saw, yeah. Yeah. This, this, this man bending down, coming down to the level of this little guy mm. that's his son, showing mm. him empathy. He's strong. He's masculine. He could probably kick some booty, right? But instead, come down to the level of this little guy and he's showing so much love and empathy. It's attractive to her. It, she was something, like, it touched something in her and drew it out. And, yeah. right? And our, you know, and women, of course, reciprocally do the same thing with men in their own feminine, feminine ways, inspiration, um, you know, motivation, even challenging, you know, and many other things. But this is the whole gender thing. We could really go off and talk about gender, couldn't we, and the, the attack on gender. But gender one, one is the, the image of God in the earth. Bruce? One of the interesting metaphors that i heard that i really like in that in that masculine feminine dynamic is to in a relationship the man the, the man kind of serves as the river banks and the woman serves as the river so uh wow. you know the the man comes in and and kind of defines those <clears throat> those boundary areas protects um and the woman is you know kind of provides that that energy the you know the the flow feminine the more energy yeah feminine energy yeah um and so the two together you know the the right. river's not the banks are not more important than the river the river's not more important than the banks but together um you know without the properly, banks it's a swamp right exactly I mean, it's a Exactly. Yeah. And without the water, it's a desert, right? Yeah. So, uh, so the two together. Feminine, I mean, Adam called her Eve because she is the giver of life. I mean, feminine. Yep. Boy, I got to work on that word. Femininity. <laughs> okay. Whenever I need to say it, I'll pitch it to you. You say it, then I'll come back. All okay. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's life. It's, it's, it's essence of life. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Wow. Yeah I, yeah, I can feel something on that. Hey, um, now here's something that will give us permission. I think, Jason, like let's 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 talk about this concept of amateur. It actually comes from a Latin word, which means to love. Um, have we undervalued being an amateur in life and in the kingdom as well? I, I, I'll just put myself out there. I know that I have. I know that I have. I've 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 been at times 
uh, way, way overconfident. And I've looked at amateurs as silly, uh, as kind of a nuisance, um, depending on, on what it, what it is, if it's in a trade, uh, if it's in ministry, if it's in, you know, uh, whatever it is, I, I think a, a seasoned person can look at someone that is an amateur and, and very quickly marginalize or write them off. And I, I, I love the father's heart because the father does not see it that way. The father sees an amateur, um, especially one whose heart is connected to his, Ooh, I mean, they could be super dangerous in a good way, right? In, in a very good way. And there's tons of biblical examples where he used amateurs to to take over the world for the gospel of, of our Lord, right? Like, I, it makes me think of David, like, you got all these seasoned warriors sitting on the sideline. You got this trash-talking Harry Goliath, right? That's cussing and mocking. And this amateur steps up and says, wait a second, this doesn't feel right. This is jacked up here. Why is he talking crap about our God? You know? And it was an amateur that said, wait a second, from this perspective, uh, we're not supposed to stand back and just let this guy do this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, all the seasoned vets were standing by going, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, you know, you know, and he's like, no, 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 no. And he picks up some rocks, you know, and he's like, we're going to end this. Like that was an amateur. Yeah, but it was. Yeah. The disciples, right? A bunch of amateurs coming together. Like they had no clue. They had never seen some of these miracles happen. And here he has a group of amateurs following him around everywhere. And they're trying to document things. It's sloppy. It's messy. But look what came out of it. You know, like. Some of the most beautiful things have come out of working with a bunch of amateurs who don't know any better, but they have a right heart and they're chasing after him. And if he says to turn left, they'll turn left. And if he says to go right, they'll they'll go right. Mm. Yeah, man, there's a concept in Eastern religion called the beginner's mind, which is a childlike mind. It's open. It, it's a high belief motor. It, um, you know, it, 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 it's it's supple. It's a mind that's it's not a recalcitrant mind that's hardened. It's supple. Um, Bruce, what is there an advantage in being in the amateur class instead of the professional incumbent class? That's a great question. I was just thinking about how do you combine those two because there you know there are certain parts of 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 being a professional that that you know are required. Like you know you're not going to make forward progress if you don't show up every day. Right. So you, yeah. you got to do that. You got to show up every day. You got to clock in. You got to, you got to be there. You got to put in the repetitions. And that, that's, I think Stephen Pressfield has a book called Turning Pro that, that talks about that. Yeah. On the, on the other hand, I think the, the amateur part for me, anyhow, is the why. You know, what, why am I in this? Uh, and it, and it is out of love. Right. So, it, you know, taking a, to one of my own disciplines, writing, like, I got to show up and I got to write, I got to write six days a week at least and, and put in the repetitions. Uh, but there is a point where I could look at that and say, well, you know, I could look at how much money I'm making from it or, you know, am I getting the most money that I need to be doing? 
and I can kind of leave behind the, the reason that I'm doing it in the first place, which is I love words. I love communication. I love the spiritual power that words carry. Um, and, and, and so there, there is a sense in which in being a professional, we still need to show up with that amateur heart that says, I'm doing this because I love it. I love it. So you could be a professional, be certified, be maybe have a degree in your field or something like that, like a counselor, for example, or, you know, um, you know, uh, right. And, but yet still have an amateur passion and heart. Yes. Motivation. Yeah. Which is yeah, love. Well, um, yeah. And it, I mean, Jesus, our Lord, our Lord said, unless you become like one of these, and if what you were saying was true, Right, an amateur has a childlike approach. Really, he's he's telling us this. Hey, maintain humility. Right, never be so confident that you can't learn. Oh, yeah, from even somebody that's new or somebody that's old. Right, step into every situation with a pliable heart, and don't ever think it, you're a know-it-all because that's dangerous. Oh, and absolutely, you, yeah. He, he he said, "You know, unless you become like this, you won't enter the kingdom." I mean, wow. Yeah, you don't get in. Like we're called to be humble, but skilled. We're called to marry those those two together and be butt kickers, but also uh, come down to the level of a child and empathize with a, a little guy and rub his back and make sure that he's okay. Like. And, and then step outside and go fight like a man, right? right like right, right, blend it. Yeah, both of those, and and, that, and then that does take, I think, a, a spirit filled heart, somebody that's in love with Jesus, that is dying to themselves daily. Like you can't maintain a humble heart and a skilled heart um, at the same time unless you're hanging out with him. I believe that if you're not hanging out with him, you will become the old dog that can't learn new tricks. And you're um, highly sought after to consult on certain things, but people will disregard you in other ways because you're a one-trick pony, and that's the only way that you believe can be yeah. approached. Mm-hmm. In this day and age with all of the technology and all the change, I think we have to be able to pivot quickly. Right. Like we need to have the Holy Spirit's help in being really good at what we do, but also being open to a Gen Z perspective or a millennial perspective or how to leverage social media in a new way. To Right. Like things are so rapidly. So I think the Lord gives it to us because it's a kingdom heart. But I think it also uh, is a skill that will benefit our businesses and our personal lives if we maintain and fight for both. Mm-hmm. I know Steve Jobs with Apple, there was something they were developing. It may have been the iPhone at the time, or maybe it was the Mac early on or something, but they had to move that team that was developing that new product out to the fringes of the organization where it nearly fell out of the organization and was that far out. Because when when it was mainstreaming, when that team was mainstreaming in the corporate, it, it was being killed by the big adult minds experts in the organization. He had to move it out to the edges and where they could like play and be childlike and creative in a un, unprecedented way, you know, to develop that. That's an expression of, I guess, being professional, still being in a corporate context, but but being um, an entrepreneur and an amateur, 
you know, it, and it doesn't mean that you're not good. Uh, the early tradition of the Olympics, the classical, is is that they are amateurs, but they're world class. They were unpaid amateurs, but they were world class in athletics, right? That's something different today, the Olympics, I know, but the classic concept of amateur, you know. Yeah. Wasn't there a hockey team back in the day, a U.S. hockey team, that they were the the amateurs and they were playing for the gold against, I don't know if it was a Russian pro squad. Yeah, I think you're thinking of the Russians, yeah. 1980? Right. Olympics, right? Yeah. Miracle, Miracle on Ice, I think it's referred to today. Yeah. And what made that story so beautiful was that the amateurs surpass the pros, right? Yeah, they they did. And I think spiritually, I think God loves that stuff. I think he is constantly, he, you know, he's given us, you know, and I hope I don't mess anybody up when I say this, he's given us God-like qualities. We were made in his image, Right. And sometimes with those qualities that we have of him, we get too big for our britches. So I think that he and some of his angels sometimes sit around and go, I think it's time for some humble pie here. Let's do something cray cray. <laughs> let's <laughs> grab the 12 year old kid and let's give him a rock and we'll take down this uh, hairy dude. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what? They didn't know that 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 amateur coming out of the wilderness, man, they didn't know that that guy knew God. He knew the covenant of God. He worshipped out in the wilderness in private, you know. That's right. They had no idea. But then, like, how many times have we also been like Peter, right? And I love Peter. I feel like more and more the older I get, I, I'm like, <laughs> I'm a Peter. That's what I am. I will pull out the sword. You're I'll Peter there. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like cocky, and he's like walking on water, right? And it begins to sink. It was like the best humility moment. And Jesus still says, come here, bud. Come here. Give me your hand. I get you out of this. But we're, I, I feel like that's me. My wife and my kids have even said, yeah, Jesus is writing the Bible today. You, you totally be Peter. You know, like, <laughs> I just would I, you know, I, I think I would be. I think I would well, be. I feel like there's a, part, there's a part of faith that is Peter-like, you know, it's out of the boat, bombastic, you know. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be tempered, and which Jesus did with him. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I'm, I think sometimes, you know, I heard someone say, look for the fingerprints of God. Where are the fingerprints of God active? Get in on that. Maybe we need to think about it like God's fingerprints coming through our fingerprints. The uniqueness that is you as an individual and you running with others in the kingdom of uh that are on a similar wavelength in the kingdom what do you think about that it's not like god's fingerprints are just out there outside of ourselves only but they are flowing through us it's almost a blend of our fingerprints and his fingerprints on something i think that you know they're they're definitely i think at the outset um there there definitely has to be an adjustment where you um, where you see where God is working and then you, you kind of have to adjust your life to go there. But what, once you do that, okay. once you make that adjustment and say, okay, that's where God's working. That's where he's invited me. That's where he's called me. I'm going to go join him. Once that happens, that, that merging happens where God works through us. I mean, that's, that was Moses, you know, 
he told Moses, look, here, here's what I'm going to do. This is what I want you to do. And despite all Moses' excuses, he eventually did that. But it's interesting what I, I think what, what God said to Moses. He says, I'm going to make you as God to Pharaoh. Oh, yeah. Wow. I, I'm, I'm going to make God you as God. God. That's God and Moses in the Egyptian court yes. showing up. Yeah. So when Moses was talking to Pharaoh, God was talking to Pharaoh. Yeah. Uh, and 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 so there there's the God fingerprint coming through the fingerprint of this guy who can't speak very well, who, you know, makes a lot of mistakes, who he's, a reluctant, he had, he's a reluctant leader. Reluctant leader. When he <laughs> did, when he made that adjustment, you know, there's unlimited And God and God would say, What's in your hand? You know, yeah, what's in your like, hand? Like what's in your hand that your fingerprints are on? And it was the staff, of course, the rod. And he was to extend that, lift that up, elevate that over the situation. And God, oh, my goodness, the power of God showed up. And I I would say, you know, one other thing about that, uh, something that God's been speaking to me about is, you know, is about that adjustment piece. You know, will, will we, are we willing to? you know, adjust to what he's doing. And I was reading again in Matthew the other day and, um, you know, Jesus declares what he's about to do and, and, you know, that he's going to go to Jerusalem and he's going to suffer and be crucified. And, and, you know, we have that exchange between Jesus and Peter where, you know, Jesus says, you know, get behind me, Satan. And that's the part that we remember. But the little phrase that stuck out to me is Jesus said to Peter, you're a hindrance to me. Another, you know, and that word hindrance is a stumbling block. And I, and that was so convicting to me because I thought, you know, does Jesus need to step over or around me to get done what he needs to get done? Or am I willing to be a part of what he's doing? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be a hindrance to Jesus. <laughs> you know, I don't want him to go, man, I got to st- I'm because he's going to get done what he's going to get done. Right. He's going to, his plan is going to prevail. But does he have to step over me or around me or am I a willing conduit for God to show up? Can he work through me because I'm willing to, to be moldable and, and be in his hands? We're going to pray for you, Bruce, that that would be the reality in your life. Okay. Mm, thank you, know, you. Like Jason and I am, we're kind of already there. But I'll oh, pray boy. for you to come along. <laughs> Wait a second. Don't, don't go pull me into this one. <laughs> no, that is really, that is convicting. Uh, you are a hindrance to me. And I think the heart of our dad, I love this part because he doesn't need us. Like he could do all of this on his own, right? He didn't, he didn't need Moses. He chose and he wanted to partner with Moses. I love that. I love that part. And I think sometimes, you know, we, those that really know him and his stories and try to fight to hang out with him um, as we can, we sometimes forget that he loves partnership with us and he, he wants to hang out with us and he wants to help us navigate like the GPS down here since we've been in South Carolina. I don't know where I'm going. I need GPS and I love someone telling me turn left here. And we can have, we totally can have that. Like he loves giving us the GPS directions. And so he wants to partner with us. It's not like he doesn't, 
But if we could just, you know, invite the Holy Spirit to align our hearts. Yeah. Matches him like what Bruce is saying. Like, that's one of the most powerful prayers. Like, if you want to partner with God and you know that you're not partnered with him, invite him to align your heart. It really is that simple. Yeah. Invite. What a powerful prayer. Yeah. Like, and he will. He wants to jump on that. He'll jump on that prayer. He will totally jump on that prayer. There are certain prayers I think God jumps on harder than others, to be honest with you. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And that's one because that one we have control over. That one is our that's the gatekeeper, right? Like I'm I'm giving these to my heart and I want you to help me to want to partner with you. Like, oh yeah, and Bruce, you were saying that, you know, look for the fingerprints of God, find out where he's active, and then start orientating to that, right? Get there. And I think that once we get there and start moving to that, we are going to find as individuals that it will awaken things in us that, oh my God, I am designed for that. You know, it will flame desires and passion in your own heart that as we in obedience move to that, it's really the Lordship of Christ, right? That we're pursuing there, that it will, we will discover things will surface in us that we didn't know were there. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, the, the heart of that, of God inviting us into his work is, you know, he created us in him for the foundation of the world for good works. He knew what those good works were. Um, he, he gifted us. Uh, and I agree those things could be latent within us and we, we may not discover what they are oh, yes. until we adjust to him. Our, our walk with the Lord should be a discovery of the latency of what he's put in us. You know, those yeah. good works, man, we don't know all those good works. We yeah. know some of it. We have a feeling Jason about some things, you know, Psalm 139, it says there's a book that's written the pages of our life that are ordained for us. We don't know everything that's on those pages. We know some of it. We've lived some of it. We feel it. We can feel it in faith. There's more pages coming, but we don't know it all. But as we keep orientating and questing after the Lordship of Christ in our life and following, those pages keep turning and we start reading them, you know, and praying them, start living it out. And and I think a big thing here is that word questing, like, don't be afraid of questing. Don't be afraid of, of, of of the journey, right? Because sometimes the journey, it's, it's fear of the unknown and the Lord may be setting us up for something totally different than what we are used to. But if we don't start taking steps in that direction and at least even just that childlike mentality, right? Like, one of the one of our some of our favorite videos are like of puppies and little kids of like experiencing life for the first time, right? It's so entertaining to watch the expressions. There's this TikTok video of this little plant that dances, right? <clears throat> so when you make a noise, it repeats what you have said or done, uh, and with the little noise, and it's so adorable watching the reactions of these little kids um this plant gets sit down in front of them and then maybe one one and a half and they say something the plant reacts and then watching their face react to to this like there's joy that the lord takes in watching us discover there's enjoyment for him as well as for us because he wants to continue to reveal and watch us experience things that we've not yet experienced 
And that's that somebody give life and life more abundantly part. Like you, you could sit on your couch and keep doing what you're doing, or you could begin to venture out and those nudges and those urges that come deep on the inside that aren't like from the flesh, but they're from the Holy Spirit that you're supposed to investigate. I think be curious, right? Like we're called to be curious. We're called to go out in the land that we drive by, in that sign that we drive by every other day that says for sale. We're called to stop one day, get out of the car mm-hmm. and walk the perimeter just a little bit. And then the next time we're called to stop, and just take a phone call and say, hey, I know that you're selling this land, but can you tell me the story of this land? And then a few weeks later, we're called to go to a bank and say, Come hey, on, as if I buy this land, right? And uh, what is it zoned as, by the way? Is there a way? Who do I need to talk to to find out zoning on? Yeah, like yeah. that that journey is what, where Jesus sits back and he smiles. I think, right? Where he gets excited and he's like, ah, okay, there. That's the life more abundantly. Part. And if he if he puts his peace and energy on that journey, then your yes. your confidence, you you your your faith rises. You know, or if there's no peace or, you know, no, inter- then it's something else, right? Yeah. It's another piece of and, land and, in and, this case. And I, my mentor always told me like, and I love this. Everything's a green light. Like go for it. Assume right. It's green. Go. Yeah. Go, go for it. Try it out. Because even if you stop at the land and, and maybe the land is too much money and it's not a green light right now, um, you've gotten something out of it you're going to learn from it, right? So lessons, they don't happen unless you venture out. Unless you, unless you move. Faith is movement at the end of the day. It's not just mental belief. It is works. It is movement of obedience, right? And you got to put feet to your faith. As you're saying that, Jason, I'm thinking of Jesus' statement, ask, seek, knock, you know? And it means keep asking and you will receive. Keep seeking and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be opened. It's an amazing right. statement of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. So we are to pray. We are, and, and then we are to go out and seek and probe. Yeah, and, and enjoy the probing. Enjoy, enjoy the seeking. Enjoy Have the probing fun. in the Lord. Don't take it too seriously, right? Like stop and talk to the neighbors. Play, and, and, play with yeah. it, yeah. And, and then knock. Knock on doors. I mean, I think... We think of asking or praying as an expression of faith, but we don't, we're slower to think about knocking as an expression of faith. Is that, is, is the Lord going to open that door? You know, but it's that process of questing. And, you know, Jason, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might, right? Right. So you're, you're fine. There's a process of finding as an entrepreneur is always finding and probing and, exploring and testing and whatever your hand f- and when your hand finds something to do do it with all of your might and it's your fingerprints on it and it's God's fingerprints coming through it too mm-hmm. I, I think that's the way we need to start thinking and guys we're, we're closing now but we are we going to meet this moment we're in <laughs> in this world mm-hmm. are we going to play are we going to go pro Bruce as Stephen Pressfield is saying, and yet have that amateur heart. That's a question. We're in single A, and the Lord wants us up in the stadium. Do we have big league faith? Yeah, I think we've. 
I, I think it was Blackaby that said, you know, if you say God can't do something through you, something great through you, you've said more about your belief in God than you said about yourself. Um, and I think there's the, there's that tension to be held that we walk in humility. We, we are amateurs, uh, but, but we are not amateurish. We don't neglect to show up. We don't neglect to put in the work. We don't neglect to go seek, ask. We don't neglect to believe that God can do exceeding abundantly beyond all we could ever ask or imagine through us. Come on. Um, so there's that tension to be held. You know, you absolutely humility is the supreme virtue, but humility is the, as kind of cliche, but it's not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less mm -hmm. saying, yeah. you know, my eyes are on God and he's going to work. Blessed are the me. meek for they shall inherit the earth. But absolutely. meekness is harness strength. It is. Meekness is not a, like a beta male or a simp. It's right. harnessed power. It's harnessed. Yeah. You know, it's directed and bridled strength. Amen. Um, give us a B12 shot as we close out, Jason. Give us two or three sentences. What's Just give us a high-dose B12. I'm, I'm talking about B12 that's like... Hundred thousand percent of the U.S. daily requirement. I just, I just think I loved our conversation today. I just think who, whoever's listening to this, who has been wrestling with an entrepreneurial idea or venture, um, I, I think that you just need to be curious and enjoy the process of experimentation, and know that it's godly to experiment. Um, and and to have fun with it. Sometimes we Christians are so uptight and we take things so seriously, and we should, but enjoy and know that he laughs with you and he enjoys those moments where he sets something down in front of you and watches your reaction um, and and loves that and smiles. Um, he's in part, he's in partnership with you. He wants you to partner with him. So partner with him in every area, but especially those areas that uh, that give a knot in your belly and you start getting a little nervous and scared. Punch fear in the face and know that you're a king's kid and that you've got the almighty behind you, backing you, supporting you. Stop at that property. Make the phone call. Reach out to that guy on the website. Like, do listen to the Holy Spirit. And when you question what whether or not is it you know Jason or Jesus? Uh, so what? It, it's both. For it. <laughs> Just go for it, and you know what? If nothing comes of it, so what? Write it up as a lesson, and you know, put it in your journal because you, it might speak to you in three months. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah, man. It's J plus J. At the end of the day, I mean, if we're <laughs> orientating and submitting to His Lordship, right? Excellent, Bruce. How about you? Give us uh give us two hundred thousand percent of the USD requirement of the yeah. kingdom B twelve. Man, I I just love the words of Jesus where he says that you know unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But but if if it does, it bears much fruit. And I was met that happens in the context of you know taking up your cross and and I think we're afraid to give we're afraid to give out we're afraid to risk as Jason said but you got to go out and you got to plant some seeds and and ultimately you got to go out and plant your life um and we're afraid to do that we're afraid of loss we've become more afraid of loss 
than than excited for for the fruitfulness okay so i think you gotta plant seeds you gotta plant you go out plant seeds plant the seed of your life go find good soil and plant some seeds not everyone you know we know how gardening works not every seed comes up that's why you plant three of them in a pot and trim off the weak ones like jason's talking about don't be afraid of failure that's failures is you have to define failure as part of the process but if you plant seed, three seeds, one of them works, and you get 100 seeds back, you're winning. Boy, that's what Jesus said in the parable of the sower, which is the quintessential kingdom parable. Appreciate you guys, and you guys have a great day. We're recording this early on a Sunday morning. Now it's time to go to church. That's right. <laughs> All right, man. And then, and then, forgive us, but root for the Cleveland Browns this afternoon. Come on. Yes. It happens to be the Come Pittsburgh on. Steelers Let's... on this date. And I don't care what you think about the Browns. It's Cleveland against the universe, man. All right. <laughs> Ultimate underdogs. That's right. It's David. All right. Appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot. All right. Blessings. See ya. Hey, Jason and Bruce, thanks for opening the mics again with me. There's always gold when I get around you. And we'll look forward to our next Hot Takes Roundtable on the horizon. Friend, would you pass this episode along to those you feel would resonate with today's uh, content? Anyone can search Jesus Smart on their favorite podcast app, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon Music, YouTube, everywhere podcasts are heard. Again, the show notes page, jesussmart.com slash 300. Thank you for listening and engaging this content. We're looking for transformation in our lives. I appreciate you.